Welcome to What a Wonderful World. It's episode six. If you've never been, this is kind of a short podcast. 15 minutes or so. It's about all the time I have, to be completely honest. How are you doing? Like, how are you really doing? How is your heart? I hope you're doing okay, considering the world. You know, considering the world, I hope things are okay. I'm doing great. Finished the prototype for the Wonder Boost pedal, and I'm really excited about it. And I just kind of cleaned up around the pedal building workspace and the studio. I told myself I wasn't going to work today. I was just going to relax, but that didn't happen. Went all the way to the grocery store, realized I had no wallet. That was cool. Got a haircut. I kind of look like an army guy now. Whatever. It'll grow back. But uh, today I wanted to talk about how I got into the pedal building business. How I became a pedal company. Even knowing how to build a pedal wasn't something I thought I would ever know how to do. But I've always loved gear. Guitars, pedals, amps. uh, In addition to playing in a band and recording something I've been passionate about. I always saw myself getting into the music gear industry somehow, you know, being an employee or an A&R person, but never considered the fact that I could become the developer of a pedal and the builder of a pedal, the person who ships the pedals, uh, the person who demos the pedals. It's, it's, it's a world that I've always been fascinated with and kind of admired from afar, but here I am in the thick of it. And it became my day job. Not only did it become my day job, it became my main day job. Uh, I was kind of billed as a studio engineer, producer, extraordinaire. And I would say that was my day job until this came around. And 2020, COVID hits, priorities shift. There's more kids around studio kind of took a back seat. I'm a little bit more selective as to what I work on. And uh, the pedal thing kind of took off, and I'm very grateful for it. But I guess it all started when I, I kind of just had this idea. I really wanted some kind of a signature model pedal, not necessarily for myself, but something that represented what I do in my studio, kind of a Swiss Army knife drive pedal. And I talked to one friend over here, and they said, hey, that's a cool idea. I can't really help you with that. I'm a little too busy. I talked to another friend who owned a pedal company, and kind of same thing. They were like, yeah, let's do it, but you know, nothing ever came of it. And then a good buddy of mine, Andy Wilson, at Cameltone Electronics, uh, he created the Nard pedal. I know that's a lot of funny words in a row. Uh, You can find him on Instagram, potential underscore audio. Andy just told me, you should learn how to build pedals. And I was really hesitant. I was just kind of like, there's no way. I would need to learn how to solder. I would need to buy 
a soldering iron. I would need to learn what all these parts are. And I guess I just grew up in a way where it was more, instead of do it yourself, it was more call the guy who knows how to fix it and pay them. So this is way out of my wheelhouse, way out of my comfort zone. And I'm glad that I just bit the bullet and got a soldering iron. And Andy sent me a kit on how to build his Nard distortion pedal. And I stayed up late one night and first try, the pedal worked. And it was one of the greatest feelings. It was something I've never felt before, you know, building something electronic with my own hands and then plugging in and playing my guitar through it. You know, it's like I made those sounds happen. So after that kit, I went to a couple different websites with different PCBs, that's printed circuit boards, and ordered a bunch of parts. And I told myself, I'm going to make a whole bunch of pedals and just get a bunch of hours under my belt. And the next three pedals I tried to build did not work. Um, it was actually pretty crushing to have that high of having a pedal work and then the next three just nothing. And right then and there, I, I considered maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I won't build another pedal. That was a cool thing I did that one time. But luckily I didn't give up and I kept trying and kind of learned how to troubleshoot. Did a lot of deep diving into forums online and reading books about circuitry and pedal mods. And once again, I was back in the game. And I kind of made a goal for myself. If I could sell a pedal to somebody one day that I built, that would be pretty cool. And then, honestly, the next day, a friend reached out to me and said, I will pay you to build me a pedal. So I was like, okay, that goal was accomplished pretty quickly. Maybe if I could sell a pedal a month as a side hustle for my studio gig, that would be pretty fulfilling, pretty fun. That'll be like my late night dad time. All right. And everything happened kind of fast. Um, I tried painting my own enclosures and I was horrible at it. So just right away, I decided I'm not going to paint my own pedals. Uh, I tried drilling my own enclosures. I did not enjoy that. Uh, so I said, you know what? I'm not going to drill my own enclosures. So pretty quickly, I learned you can outsource that kind of work. People do powder coating, drilling, and it's like CNC drilling, so it's very accurate. And also UV printing. So I was like, all right, this is cool. I'm building clones of pedals, and a few people here and there are asking me to build them for them, and I'm making a little bit of money, but it'd be really satisfying to somehow develop my own circuit and kind of make a pedal my own. And through the same people that I was getting the enclosure work done through, uh, Adventure Audio, and I owe a lot to that company, Adventure Audio. They have since went under, but they really helped me out in the beginning. And Matt Maines was talking to me about circuit design. And that was the first time I heard that there's a program where you can basically create a circuit board. So now I had the enclosures that could be fabricated with my own art. And I had my buddy Jesse Augustine work on a whole bunch of 
Wonder Effects artwork, from the logo to what's now on the Wonder Drive, the Red Rider, the Fuzzhausen, and knowing I can have these enclosures powder-coated and drilled and printed, and now I had a way to get my own circuit boards made. And I didn't want to waste any time, and a lot of really great stuff happened, but there was also a lot of setbacks. Like I said before, I got one pedal that worked well, and then I built three that didn't work at all. And I find, I'm finding that everything in this business is sort of one step forward, three steps back. And it's a really great learning experience. It really sucks at the time. It's very defeating. But when you order the wrong part online and you get it shipped and it doesn't fit, you know, that's a learning experience. Uh, when you put in a capacitor backwards and it explodes in your face, that's a learning experience. And luckily, there's a lot of correlation between studio life and building pedals. There's an input, there's an output, and whatever you put in there along the way is going to manipulate the sound in a certain way. So if I looked at a pedal circuit the same way I look at my signal chain when I'm recording, from the microphone into the preamp, into a compressor, into an EQ... It was kind of a revelation. So hacking apart a bunch of existing pedals and circuit boards and making a bunch of mistakes and honestly doing a lot of stuff incorrectly along the way, uh, I ended up coming up with a few pedals that I'm very, very proud of. Uh, the Wonder Drive is kind of a big mess and a happy accident. And it's sort of a sound that I thought maybe I would only like. But I was really happy to see other people dug it too and are still digging it. And it's one of my best-selling things. My Red Rider pedal ended up being that Swiss Army Knife drive pedal that I was talking about that I would consider the signature model for my studio and just kind of my taste overall. Really great bass drive pedal with the clean blend and also just shreds on guitar. Uh, kind of has that vintage ratty thing, but it can also get a little bit more modern. And then a really wild fuzz pedal that really is only 9 or 10 components. There's not much to it, but it became the signature model fuzz pedal called the Fuzzhausen for the pro wrestler Danhausen, which is a really fun collaboration, and I wasn't expecting that that niche market of pro wrestling and effects pedals was going to be so intense and ravenous. So I'm very thankful to Danhausen for letting me do that, and it's helping my company grow in ways I never thought possible. So with COVID slowing everything down in 2020 and 2021, uh, the studio definitely took a back seat. But simultaneously, it seemed that the music gear world and that industry was taking off and doing unprecedented numbers. And I know it can be really hard for a new company to start doing what they're doing amidst a global pandemic, but it was really all I had. So getting to sort of use my creative mind with some marketing and with the artwork and with the overall vibe of the pedal company itself, uh, I was able to have a really good 2020. And then 2021 came around and... It did not slow down, and by the end of it, I think I built four times the amount of pedals that I did in 2020. 
So it's absolutely insane to me that I can call this my day job. And I know that I'm very lucky to be able to do this. But there's definitely that underlying imposter syndrome. And not just that fake imposter syndrome where you're like, oh, it couldn't be me, this isn't me. But the fact that I'm not an electrical engineer and that I'm so new to this, it's kind of hard to feel like I fit in. But the one thing that I know I do have is a love for it. Like there's nothing I'd rather be doing with my life right now. And I've been into music in so many different forms since I was 10 years old. So we're looking at almost a quarter century of passion being poured into this company. I was in a full-time touring band for a decade. I've been in and out of studios, recording my own band, recording other bands. I've been endorsed by music companies, whether it's guitars, pedals, amps. So it's really good to be on the other side of the curtain, I'm kind of a homebody these days. And it's been nice to not have a boss in 34 years. And I plan to keep it that way. So if I had any advice for anybody who wanted to get into pedal building or even just start a company of any kind, it's that there's nothing to it but to do it. Just pick up the soldering iron. But most of all, make sure your heart's in it and that it's something that you would do for fun, even if you weren't getting paid. So here I am, almost two years into Wonder Effects being a thing, over a thousand pedals later, and I could not have done it without your support. If you bought a pedal, even if you're just listening to this, if we've chatted online about gear, all the pedal builders who I've pestered and annoyed, all the people who have helped me with my enclosures, my artwork, you are all awesome. And even though this is considered a one-person company, uh, just know that it's not, and that there's a lot of people behind the scenes who are very generous, whether it's with their time or advice or money. I thank you. All right, that does it. Thanks for listening to What a Wonderful World, episode six. Going to play some guitar, going to do something a little different. Uh, I'm adding some layers this time, just because I felt like it. Got the 81 Les Paul Custom on rhythm guitar and uh, Nash T52 Tele on the leads, all going through the Princeton, and I'm using my Wonder Drive for all the tones. So I hope you dig it. You might recognize the song. I don't know.